Hello and welcome to Lang Time Chat episode 32. Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> you always throw it to me at that point. I don't have anything to say. Just You just do your thing. There we go. I'm moving the screen a little bit closer to me because eventually I'm going to hand you my computer. Yeah. We have a two computer situation because today is a game day. Yeah. And this was actually a a joint, not joint suggestion, but from two different suggestions from our Link Time Chat podcast topic channel and Discord. Right. Some people were saying we want more games, bring cool. back the games. Right on. And somebody had said, I I want more word formation strategies and help on derivations and things like that. And okay. so I decided to put those two together. Oh, fantastic. I, I'm excited. And so it's a game where you are the only contestant right now. It's awesome. I always win. <laughs> <laughs> but but also a game where anyone at home can play along, um, especially because if you go to the attached files to um, you know the the link in Patreon, you're going to see that you have everything that we're going to be using today. And so you can you know, I always tell people pause, follow along, and you know do your own thing and compare your answers. So they can do that too if they want, and see if they come up. That's that's exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. Um, also, we're using a different uh, program for recording today. So there's no speaker view when we actually release this as a video. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was more important to have the presentation slides on the screen. So I hope that was the right choice. If not, it's David's fault. Yeah, it's pretty wild because we're both wearing formal wear. Yes, and you in a tux is something to behold. That's right. Um, the monocle was a bit much, though. I look like a little boy. I approved the top hat. Wearing a monocle. But the monocle, too much. <laughs> um, all right, so today's episode is titled, Create That Word. All right. All right, so let's talk about some rules, okay. David. Yeah. Um, first, I'm going to leave it to you. As the contestant, you get to decide on a basic word order for the language, and this is really just going to help you um, as we move forward, decide, um, you know, like headedness and what should come first or second or whatever as you start building things up. That's easy. Very sexy order, VSO. VSO. That is actually like, I think four out of my five first conlangs were VSO just because I think it's amazing and I love it. And it just, I don't know. Four out of my six favorite word orders are VSO. I don't even know how to parse that. Thank you. Um, okay, so we're doing a VSO language, uh, which means it's a head initial language, for mm -hmm. the I would assume for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's going to um, affect the order. So if you're playing along at home and you want to like keep up with what we're actually doing here, then I would stick with VSO so that way... Um, what you're coming up with on your own could, you know, be part of a discussion of a head initial language. Got it. Okay. Second, I'm going to be giving you in a moment a list of basic roots. And I say in a moment because I need to like actually hand you the computer. All right. Um, and so what you're going to see here, and my scrolling is backwards. This is why we should have recorded on my computer so you don't yell about the scrolling on mine. Because it's backwards from yours. I just told my hand backwards, and okay. then it got it. Okay. So this list of basic roots is um, really like mostly based on the Leipzig-Jakarta list. Um, really, for no other reason than I wanted a starting point, and I didn't want to have to come up with all these basic roots on my own. It looks a lot like English, this language. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm going to smack you. Um we're dealing not with forms today. Not with forms, just with... We're dealing with concepts. Got it. Okay, And perfect. like what you would conceptually turn into other parts. Because I don't want people to get lost in the form discussion. Yeah, that can happen a lot, by the way. And also, if you're getting... This is just totally random aside. If you're getting stuck with grammar, sometimes it helps to just throw in English words as placeholders to figure out the just the order of things in grammar, because um, sometimes the phonology can trip you up. Yeah. Um, and I also didn't want forms because um, it also, I think, affects people when they already have an, a form associated with a meaning, and then they want to turn it into, say, you know, a compound form or a prefix or a suffix, but they don't like the aesthetics of the, the end result, mm. and that affects decision-making. And so this is not at all about 
you know, phonology, not at all about what the language would say. This is all, everything's going to be in English today. Um, and it's going to be about how would you go about making these decisions. Cool. All right. So this list of basic roots, like I said, is um, very heavily based on the Leipzig-Jakarta list. You will see there are extra words in there that I threw in because I wanted to. I know. Yes. David already pointed one out. Number 71 is um, the... In my mind, these speakers would have a special root, meaning puffball puff or cotton. And by puffball, I mean a seed, like a dandelion gone to seed. Um, and so it's, you know, just very, very soft, very light, very, very fun. Um, yeah. And so I, I decided they would have a root for it because why not? So anyway, that is not in the Leipzig-Jakarta list. So you will see some of my own additions. But again, I started with the Leipzig-Jakarta list just as like a starting point. Uh, there were a hundred most common basic roots um, shared across languages. And then I added, I believe altogether, I have um, 170. Yeah. So there's 170 roots. Another thing I did in the list was I actually did my best at like sort of separating them out semantically. And that's really just for the ease of today. So they're alphabetized within each semantic category. Um, like body parts, animals, insects, environment, and so on. And honestly, that's for ease of, for David as he plays this game, being able to see like, is there a word for this concept more easily? He can, of course, use the search bar and just search for it. But also, I think it's easier to like, if you're thinking, oh, body parts are a common way to get this derivation or to get this thing, you can look and see what body parts are, are on these basic roots. Um, and so this is our starting point. And so everything we do from here on out has to be based on something on this list. You can't, you can't go off list. Um, in case you're following along at home just by sound and aren't looking at the list, I wanted to give you a sampling of what was on the list. And I keep having to reach across you here as I, <laughs> as I look at the, the PDF that we're using here. Um, so body parts include, you know, basic body parts like arm, back, but then also animal body parts are on the list, like mm. beak, wing, claw. Um, I was going to put those under animals, but it felt weird to have animal body parts as part of the animal list and not part of like the, well, it's a basic description of a body. So anyway, I ended up putting it all together. Okay. Um, and so some of them are human body parts, some are animal, um, some are external, like, you know, hair, horn, but some are internal, like liver, stomach. Well, I guess that could be external, um, but liver is definitely internal and I believe, yeah, bone is on there as well. So there's like some internal, some external, um, features and so on. Um, I grouped together all the words that I felt were describing relationships or like society, like baby, friend, house, man, person, woman. Um, that's a very short list, but those are in mm. there. Animals and insects, some basic ones here like ant. Um, I, I decided cat and dog should be basic roots. Yeah. I, just, I added those and, in. And egg is my favorite animal. Egg, because it's not a body part. It's not like... I, I didn't know where to put egg, and that's on the Leipzig-Jakarta list, and I was like, I'm keeping it because I already decided I'm keeping all 100 words from there, um, and so I decided it's an animal okay. of sorts. Right. Um, and then I also added, well, cat and dog and then rabbit and mouse for um, our lang time animals. I didn't do possum because I didn't want to commit to a North American setting. And so... Fair enough. So I Fair didn't enough. commit. Um, but But yes... Those those are, are parts of that list. Under tools and instruments, things like club, needle, pot, wheel, and wood. Um, so things that you could, you know, find useful. Under environment, all sorts of flora and fauna type words here, as well as weather. Um, so like acorn, day, flower, night. We've already discussed the puffball. Uh, sand, sky, stone, you know, water, wind. For some of these, I have um, multiple options like shade, but you could also say that means shadow, stone, but like also rock, mainly because like I didn't want to get caught up in, oh, we have a word for stone, but we don't have one for rock. Um, and you may find that basic concept useful. So I was trying to like make it as conceptual as possible. Then we get to the biggest list of them all, and that's the verbs list. And there was really no convenient way to split these 
apart. I tried and then it just didn't make much sense. Um, so we've got everything from like to bite, to grab, to join, to know, to sleep, you know, to other ones like to spit, to stand, to throw, to tie, to yell. Um, so really just all sorts of basic verbs are on that list. Then we have description words, which are just what they sound like. A lot of description words, a lot of adjective um, style words. I didn't want to get caught up in this language in terms of do they have adjectives as a as just a root class or would these actually be, you know, qualities as nouns that get extended to adjectives or would they be, you know, like verb like entities. So instead, it's just their description words. And if you were fleshing out this as a real language, you would have to actually figure that out. Um, but so we have things that are, you know, just some basic describing concepts like big, bitter, new, old, soft, sweet, wide, so on. Um, and then we have numbers. I put them in alphabetical order, which felt so wrong, but we have numbers one through five. <laughs> but I was like, everything else on this list is in alphabetical order. So I am committing to alphabetical order. And so our numbers read five, four, one, three, two. It's so disorienting. I love it. It's incredible. <laughs> but but we do have the numbers one through five. Um, and so what that means is that this language at least has a base five. It could be bigger. I wasn't going to commit to anything, but I thought having some numbers may come in handy as we move forward um, with today's activity. Finally, these grammatical words, I honestly don't know if they're going to be helpful at all, but they're here just in case you need them. And there are words like pronouns and some really basic adverbs like now um, and yesterday. But like, I think those are really the only two that we would definitely call an adverb because then the negate or not is on there. Um, but yeah, so we've got, you know, just some really basic grammatical words, which David may find helpful at some point, but oh, he may have, also ignore them. You have no idea what's in store. Oh, I'm excited. You have no idea what's in store. Well, you shouldn't. He accidentally saw part of the slideshow because, well, no, I think you kept your no, eyes inverted. Okay. I didn't, I didn't see anything. We had some technical difficulties yeah, getting set up. Okay. So we're going to have three different rounds. Okay. The first one, you have to do all compounds. Mm -hmm. The second one, you're going to do all derivation strategies. And so you'll have to pick something that could be the, the source of a derivation. And then the third one, we're going to talk a little bit, slightly fewer examples to talk about just some grammaticalization strategies that you could use based on this semantic list. I'm providing the new words and concepts for you. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you a word and be like, use the roots and create what you would. Yep. Of course, semantically, again, no phonological forms. And then you're using only the roots provided to create the strategies for those. I keep saying strategies because it's like that's what this is because we're not actually creating the words. Are you you up to date? Yeah, I mean, you know, this is basically the class that I did for the students, right, at Berkeley. Well, now we're going to see how but, you would grade yourself. Oh, that was the thing. That was the entire time I was doing it, and I gave them this list of words. I'm like, you guys are so bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I would kick okay. ass at this if I were a student. So now David gets to kick ass yes. in um, in a class that he wishes, I guess, other people would have. That's right. And if you are one of those students listening to this, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lizzie Ehrlich, you were all right, but um, wow, David. She was. She was no, good. That, that's nice. So good compliment to to Lizzie. But yeah, but like throwing those other students right under the bus. They know what they did. But um, uh, interesting bit of trivia. That was my first ever television interview. Really? Yeah, in the spring of two thousand three, hmm. we were we were interviewed on the for the uh, the Berkeley High School news station. Nice. They came to the class beforehand and did video. There's a, and there's a video of me singing a Beatles song that was translated into the language that the students did. Very nice. Yep. I'll have to find that. Let's go. All right, part one. Compound. All right. All right. Your first word is family. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Uh, yes, he's doing verbs. No, yeah. no, he's scrolling. Hang on. Um, yeah. Oh, oh man, there's so many. So, uh, you know, the, 
I'm already thinking of the culture of this, because, you know, w when you're just talking about an abstract language, of course, what I think of is everything that I love. That's why I went to VSO. That's why I go immediately to Ireland, uh, mm -hmm. because that's where my home is. And so the first thing that I thought of is, of course, your family can be a different concept uh, depending on where you're from. I think of uh, your family as not just your relatives, but the relatives you like and also the friends that you consider closest to uh -huh. you. And so I would, um, oh my goodness. <clears throat> okay, we're projecting ahead a little bit, mm -hmm. but um, modifiers do come second. However, I think what this is going to be, this is actually gonna be a verb noun compound. Mm -hmm. And so we're gonna use 104 gather followed by uh, 32 friend. So in other words, it's going to be the verb acting as a verb, uh, a little bit like the compounds in Eng in Spanish, like um, like uh, sacapuntas, uh, uh, which means uh, to like um, to like uh, to to you know to grind down the points of the pencil. Uh, mm -hmm. Sacapuntas is a is a how do you call that in English? Pencil a sharpener. Pencil sharpener. Yes. 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 It's going to be one of those. So this is going to be gather friend. So you gather all of you gather all of your friends, and then that is the word for family. So it's not actually going to be built off of anything that is a direct family relation. Nice. And um, you didn't see it, but I quickly ran away from the computer because I realized that it may be helpful to remember what you chose for each of these for being able to like if people ask questions later. And so gather friend is our first compound. And it's important to know in this compound, though, that this is not a modifier noun relationship. This is a verb object relationship. So that's why it's in the order of verb object. Very irregular, I, I should mention, for starting out, but I'm leaning into it. I like it. Um, also, aren't you glad since this is an island setting that I didn't have a basic root for possum? Because that would really not make sense. Oh, they can they can wind up on their little boats. That's true. Yeah, you, know, you have laugh, but you don't have live and love, because that would have been my other live, laugh, love family. <laughs> and I took them all out. <laughs> well, except for laugh, because I like to laugh. Apparently, living is so overrated. Yeah, and you just <clears throat> all all. I mean, this list is almost perfect. All you need is love. That's cute, that's cute. All right, <laughs> word number two that you need to compound to create, sister. Okay, sister, so uh, this is uh, gendered in English, right? So, um, oh boy. But will it be in his language? Yeah, that's... Because it could mm. also, you could say it means the same as brother. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of sticking to that because the first thing that comes to mind is um, uh, 32 friend, since I, we're using it for family anyway, might as well stick with it. So 32 friend and 23 skin as a modifier. Your skin friend is your brother or sister. Nice. And it would go that order, right? Because you had said... Um, yeah, so friend, skin. Uh, skin being the modifier. Friend, skin. And these are modifiers. Okay, perfect. So that way, I, again, keeping notes. All right, I like it. Mm. It's really cool. Um, there, it's really neat to see how um, words like brother, sister, um, those are formed when they're not basic roots. So it's like it's a really cool. Yeah. You can get some really interesting um, feels yeah. for the words. By the way, I want to mention that if, um, like, I think that what would make sense. For this culture with this compound is that this you just use this for your brother or your sister or your brother's ancestors it's no problem um, and then if you had to specify that's where you throw on um, uh, 37 woman or 34 man as a modifier so it would be you know friend skin man would be a brother friend skin woman would be sister if you had to specify but only in that circumstance okay okay cool Got that in my notes too. Cool. All right, compound three, thorn. Okay, thorn, that's gonna be, let's see, I, I wanna, hmm. So there's bite, 
two doesn't make as much sense. Um, grab doesn't work. Front, join, jump, no, laugh, lie, poke, thank you. Okay, that's what we were waiting for. Okay, <clears throat> 117, we got to poke or to prick. And let's see if we've got what I want here. We do not, we don't have finger. Uh, so I'm gonna go with um, hand or leg. Mm. Because I think it's more relevant for leg. No, I'm sorry, hand. Um, I could also do skin. Mm -hmm. I already used it. Um, I'm going to go with hand. Okay. okay, so hand is 13. And then uh, to prick is 17. And this is another verb object compound. So it's going to be prick hand. And that's going to be the word for thorn. Nice. And um, two things with that. One, it's 117, not 17, if you're looking at the numerical sorry. values. Too. Um, that was really an interesting way to go about because um, really the difference is would you conceptualize them encountering thorns more as just like walking and being like snagged on the legs by these thorns or as they're say picking berries or, or picking flowers or trying to do things with their hands reaching into these things where the, the thorns are grabbing their hands. Well, I'll, I'll tell you why I, I decided this, because um, I think it's more relevant for your hands. Mm -hmm. Because as you're walking around, there's going to be a lot of things, especially if you're barefoot or, or bare-legged, there's going to be a lot of things that are either itchy or scratchy or hurt a little bit mm -hmm. that come up against you. Not all of them are thorns. Mm -hmm. However, if you're going to gather things like, you know, like cactus fruit or something like that, mm -hmm. um, it's like, yeah, you're walking through scratchy stuff. It's like, all right, it's a pain in the butt, but you go. With that, it's like you really need to do something to take care of yourself in order to gather that fruit because otherwise it's just not going to happen, mm -hmm. right? You're going to have to figure out some other way to get through it. You might actually have to put on some heavy gloves or something right. like that. Uh, and so that's where the thorns, I think, are much more relevant. And so that's why I did it. I like it. Next word, hammer. Hammer. Oh, boy. So we have hit, we have crush or grind. Crushing and grinding is good. Yeah, they're actually also grouped together um, on the Leipzig Jakarta list, um, where it's like crush slash grind. Um, and I think it really depends on on the language, uh, just in, in terms of how they because I think it's really associated with like, meal preparation and things like that. Um, hmm. And so it kind of I think depends on what they have in their environment more than anything, whether they're just crushing it or grinding it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take a look up here, but I... Hmm. Oh, wait, we have tools. Mm-hmm. The hammer just isn't in there. Okay, we got club. Well, gosh, if hammer were in there, this would be the least interesting compound ever. I'm just surprised these are in here at all. Um, uh, except for pot um, and rope. Those, well... Well, wood... Huh. All right. Um, and here's where we get dead air. So I I, I have a number of different ideas, mm -hmm. and um, my first one was actually to do a serial verb construction that just is used as a nominalization. Mm -hmm. So it's compound of 107 grab and 96 crush. And uh, the other idea was to use a stone crusher, but then you'd have to come up with a way to do a crusher. And I didn't want to do a reduplication because I'm saving it. Um, so I think I'm going to go with, yeah, 107 grab, uh, 96 crush, serial verb construction. So you grab first, then you crush. Put those two things together, nominalize it, done. All right, and in that order, right, grab, crush? Yep. Serial verb construction. Excellent. Okay, cloud is next up. Okay, cloud. 
And in case you're following along at home and wondering, we are on our fifth word that he has been compounding, and he has five more after this. Okay. You should have let me know that. Okay, so I'm very attracted to smoke um, uh, at first. Um, I mean, then you... <laughs> I, I feel like I should use puffball. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to use puffball because it's there and it's going to get used a whole lot because it's Good. there. Good. Yeah. And so this is going to be, uh, I was going to do cold or, or heavy, but no, no, I think it's going to be, just going to stick with something simple. It's going to be uh, 78 uh, Sky, 71 Puffball, and it's going to be the order Puffball Sky. Uh, a Sky Puffball or Sky Cotton. I like it. In my conceptualization of this, by the way, <clears throat> it would get extended to also mean like down of feathers. Oh, like that nice. kind of soft, anything soft, fuzzy. That's that, really nice. that it's like a semantic conceptual Yeah, that's thing. really nice. Icicle. Icicle? On your island, it gets cold. That's right. It's not a tropical island. It's the island where Toby Janssen lived. All right. So this is going to be, um, is there a word? Where where would, uh, if ice existed, okay, good. Ice is 68. Mm -hmm. So we're going to hold on to that. Um, and this is also going to be, it's not a verb object construction hmm. this would be oh this is tough because it's unergative so fall is unergative so i could get by with fall ice because it's unergative and um and but i don't know if i want to do that i don't know if i want to do that um since evidently we have um, a native word for knife. We're going to do 52 knife followed by 68 ice. It's going to be an ice knife. Nice. And you know what? Hmm. You don't have to throw shade at my list of, I added in. Shade or shadow, well. 77. Um, but no, I added in some basic tools or instruments that I thought they would potentially use quite a bit. Um, and so... Yeah, I get, like, in my head, it was like a stone knife situation, not a That's fancy cool. knife kind of situation. Anyway, anyway, for food preparation purposes. Umbrella. Oh, umbrella. Um, that's, that, I think that's, that's easy. You want to make sure, yep, 95 cover. And, uh, oh, we don't have a word for head. Mm -mm. Is that on purpose? Yes and no. You know, like as you're trying to like make a, a basic roots list that is smaller than what you would have for a regular inventory of basic roots, you uh, may add things in thinking this these could be useful and you may forget to add other things in. It's, you know. Well, this is really tough. There's also no word for body. Um, and so, like, my first uh, idea was cover head, but it's not there. And so then you move on to, well, what do you have? There's hair. And it's like, I don't know if I want to do that because that could just mm -hmm. be a hat. Um, cover neck. It's like maybe not. It could be like a neckerchief. Oh, boy. Um, so we're going to have to see if we can um, do something else. We don't have... And as he's thinking, um, some of these I specifically put in the compound category because English uses derivations um, as well as a lot of other related languages. Um, so, you know, things like icicle, having um, sort of a, a diminutive der derivation on it is, you know, that makes perfect sense. It's like a, a little little ice that gets sharpened to a point. Um, but I wanted to specifically like kind of push to say just because it's a derivation in one language doesn't mean it needs to be in another. 
Um, and so I was kind of having fun with that. Yeah, so we also don't have a word for face, which is a bummer. Um, so I'm just gonna go with, um, um, and that's not really a, that's kind of a noun, isn't it? Shade or shadow. You imagine that was a noun? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're just going to go with uh, skin shade. 77 shade followed by 23 skin. Whoops. I wrote it in the wrong order even after you said that. Sorry about that. Um, is this going to be a verb object? No. Okay. It's going to be noun modifier. Oh, because it's a noun. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. We just had that discussion. I'm, I'm with it. Rainbow is next. Rainbow. Hmm. Let's see. Huh. Don't have anything for beautiful. Also don't have anything for ugly, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> hmm. We don't have anything for to paint or to color. Yeah, so like... As David is going through this list, notice some of the things that he's looking for that he wishes could be there, um, because those are also all good words that would make, um, you know, potentially good basic roots. They, of course, don't need to be, but they can be. And so um, just, you know, keep that in mind. And yeah, he was right to question me adding knife in there. Um, I added it for reasons. And I was really thinking these were like intrepid people who figured out early on how to use you know especially stone to their advantage and they would just call this thing our version of what we would have to call a knife yeah well this is going to be um, a verb noun compound okay. and it's going to be a compound of a verb and a noun that is a compound already oh nice so we we you will recall previously our word for cloud which yes. is um Puffball, sky. Sky, sky puffball. This is going to be um, join cloud. So join puffball sky. Join is 112. And the idea is that the rainbow is what joins the clouds. Uh, it's what brings them together um, and keeps them from, you know, doing their thing. Because, of course, clouds, of course, if they're not joined and kept under control... They'll come down to earth where they make fog mm. and make it difficult to see. Or they'll go loose and bring rain. Uh, so the, the rainbow is what joins them, brings them together, and uh, keeps them orderly, keeps them mannerly. I love it. Oh, rainbows are the best, aren't they? Mm -hmm. That was fun. All right, so let's do, let's do some verbs. To sigh. Okay, so uh, first I want to um, check to see if we have breathe. We do. We have blow as well, um, but blow is very intentional. Um, breathe is not. Um, and so to breathe, I want to. I want to do a serial verb construction. Is what I want. So I want to see if there's anything that can add. You can add to the front or the end of it to get sigh. First thing that jumps to me is uh, breathe fall, but I wanna see if there's oh, nice. something else that, that hits. Hunt, join, jump, no, laugh, fly. Hmm, say, see. He passed over. I was wondering if he was gonna stop on push, cause it's like to push mm. out a breath, no. sort of. No, he is, nope. Mm -mm. <clears throat> Yeah, I do understand why you would say that, but no, I think that the idea is um, the, the using fall is going to be, I think, evocative of what happens when you sigh. So we're going to use uh, breathe first, 90, followed by fall, 102. The idea is that you breathe in out and then kind of like your body falls. Because that's what happens after you sigh, it just kind of collapses. So to breathe, to fall, is to sigh. Yeah, compound verb. To freeze. Okay, to freeze. This is where um, 
this is where you want to like my I, I know we're doing compounds but of course what I want to do is come up with a causative and do it that way right um, mm. I have an idea mm-hmm. I have to see if it's available no man it's not we don't have stop just too bad um i do have an idea i don't know if it's going to be what you were hoping for i don't know let's find out because there's actually a discussion within a discussion here so i'm curious go ahead and yeah because my idea is that it's not really going to be a compound it's going to be uh, it's going to be a, a, a phrasal verb. Does that okay. count or no? Well, phrasal verbs are kind of a type of compound, are they not? Because it's a construction that needs to stay together to mean something. It's just slightly less connected than what we would view as a compound sometimes. I like the way you think. So <clears throat> we're going to use sit. 122. That's going to be the matrix verb of the sentence. And... Um, then uh, what's going to happen is that ice, which is 68, is going to have, um, is going to essentially be an indirect object. So if you want to freeze something, you sit it ice. So, so to sit blank ice. Yes. Freeze over it. Um, and it's, it, this might start as like a, a very literal expression to like put something on ice, but it could be extended fairly easily. Um, because like the whole notion of sit, basically you put something in a state. And so then sit could become a verb that essentially means to put in a state. Nice. All right, so that was our last compound. Okay. We're about to move on here to deriving. Yeah. Now, one thing, and I almost set it up this way. Um, I almost set it up where you were going to get the exact same 10 words and need to create derivations. Mm -hmm. However, I decided not to do that. Um, Partially because um, I wanted there to be a bigger variety of discussion and also um, also partially because like if you're following along at home, you could challenge yourself to go back to those compounds um, and say, you know, how could I get the same meaning but as a derivation instead of a compound? So like, you know, play around with it both ways and see what you prefer. Um, so anyway, there are going to be 10 new words for the derivation section. And David, yeah. are you ready to derive some words? Well, here we go. Your first word is pebble. Okay, now, when you say derive, it means these can't be compounds, yeah? Right, so they need to be um, something that's going to be like, you're gonna say this word is gonna turn into, well, I'll just throw it out there because I think it's pretty, and a pretty obvious strategy is to use a diminutive for this, right? And so what you're gonna say is like, where would the diminutive come from? And what okay. would you add the diminutive to to get pebble? Okay, so stone is going to be, 83 is going to be what we're going to derive it from. Uh, diminutive, it's probably going to be a suffix. Um, and the reason why is because that's where the modifier is going to be. Um, and of course, the obvious, I mean, just absolutely smacking you in the face, obvious lexical source for um, the diminutive in this list is uh, 71 puffball. So um, puffball is going to come some sort of shortened little suffix and it's going to be a diminutive so a puffball rock you know so a little rocklet it's going That's to be a amazing. pebble i love that you went there and not i don't know baby or child or something nope nope puffball puff you said it was going to get use and you are right mm -hmm. and so excellent all right so that's pebble number two puddle uh puddle that's uh gonna good jump to ah no lake there's no lake. We have rain, we have water. 
don't even have pond or ocean. Yeah, or actually, sea. that's kind of an oversight. Hmm. You know, life happens, David. You're stuck with these 170 words. Yeah, I know. Um, let's see. It's going to be derived from something. Mm -hmm. So. <laughs> How could I do that? I couldn't do that. I'm taking a look. We also don't have a word for bathe. Okay, so what I'm going to do is we're going to create a locative, um, a locative uh, derivation here. So uh, let's take a look at our locations. Um, Shade could work. Um, if you had birds, sky could work, but not for this. Maybe root, um, hill, uh, grass maybe, dirt maybe. Um, sit maybe, uh, house uh, certainly. Um, it's, it's mouth. Uh, something like that. It, it's hard. The, part of the decision here uh, would, of course, come when you had phonological forms, and you could see, well, what sounds good. Um, but we don't have that. Bush would also work. Um, I think for this, yeah, I'm gonna the most identifiable place that we have here is a hill. Because it's a, a it's it's something that's big enough to be a place and not a thing, like you know even a bush, there could be very big ones, but there could also be small little ones. Um, a hill is most obviously a thing that is a place, and so we're going to go with hill. Hill is going to be used as a locative derivation, and that's uh, 67 by the way, and that is going to be applied to a nominalization of 97 cry. Oh. And cry is going to come first. And That's right. The okay. So uh, literally, be like a crying place, but um, the idea is that it's a little place that has resulted from crying. It is a puddle. That is amazing. Awesome. Um, all right, forest. Forest. Um, now we already have our locative. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think I might want to do something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, I uh, hmm. I guess I should have asked about this. Do you count uh, reduplication as derivation or compounding? That's a really good question because it presents a, a gray area, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. um, I feel like it would be better analyzed as um, derivation if reduplication results in something that um, is like can be applied across the board, right? Versus like this compound is reduplication, but like you can only apply it to this word or something like it. Mm. Uh, you can't just willy nilly do it to to anything that could fit this pattern or fit this potential derivation. So I feel like it's a derivation once it is extended to be um, applicable to um, pretty much any root that makes sense. Well, here was my idea, if you'll allow it. Uh, reduplication for nouns would lead to a collective understanding, collective oh. interpretation. Reduplication for verbs would lead to uh, imperfectivity or um, progressiveness. And so, like, kind of what I'm hearing is, like, on the one hand, for nouns, it's more of a derivation strategy, but on verbs, it would be kind of more of a grammaticalization strategy because that's sort of like a grammatical interpretation instead of necessarily a derivation. Um, and so, yeah, like that doesn't sound compound to me, though. Okay. All right. So then uh, 85 tree reduplicated is how we get forest. All right. And so the reduplication leads to a collective. Okay. 
Rocky. Is this an adjective? Yeah. Mm. So we started with three nouns. You're going to have 10 words here too as well. Um, we started with three nouns. Now we're getting into some adjectives. Um, and the first one is Rocky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or Stony, if, if you want to go with that. But interestingly enough, I feel that even though the two should be roughly synonymous in English, um, Stony versus Rocky, I get very different feelings from them. Yeah. Well, in this case, we're uh, we're gonna have rock, of course. That's gonna. So that's mm -hmm. uh, what is that? Um, oh, it's stone or rock. Eighty-three, yeah. uh, and it is going to have a prefix, and the prefix is going to be one forty-two heavy. It's going to derive from from that, and so mm -hmm. basically, this prefix, if um, if you add it to any noun, it's going to give you a noun that means replete with that noun. Uh, and if you're wondering why is it a prefix, it's because it's actually rock that is the modifier. It's what type of heavy? It's rock heavy. Nice. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, that's a good one. Laughter. Mm, mm, that's just going to be reduplication, I believe. Um, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, 115 laugh, just laugh, laugh, but used as a noun. Laugh reduplicated. Okay. Nice. Next one is frog. Mm. This one could, by the way, have obviously been a um, compound. You know, all these could have been compounds instead of derivations, of course, because you can you can get them in different ways. Um, but yeah, it's curious to see what he would come up with for so, frog. So there's no word for ugly on here, I see. <gasps> That is especially rude, considering you compare me to a banjo-playing frog all the time. Well, I compare me to a banjo-playing frog. Wow. Okay, you just go on. Mm -hmm. We got the princess and the, the toad here, not even the frog. Ugh. I like frogs. Perfect. Okay, so what we're going to do is we are going to uh, create um, let's see uh, we're gonna create something oh wow there's not a lot for this <laughs> sorry I'm laughing at you have fun I mean, so I wanted to create an, an augmentative. 134 big is the obvious one. I was hoping to do something a little better than that. Okay. But, you know, we're going to have some fun. We're going to have some fun. Let's do I'm it. I'm trying to imagine this language. So you'll recall that heavy can be used as a prefix to turn a noun into an adjective. Heavy is also going to be used as an adjective. So we are going to go with... Tongue, 27, followed by this affix made from 142 heavy. And that's going to be our augmentative. So you're going to have an augmentative and an adjectivalizer uh, made from the same source, both from heavy. And what's interesting is because they're in different positions, one is a prefix and one is a suffix, um, you can definitely understand how phonologically they may not even look Yep. similar anymore uh, to the point where you know like in a modern analysis if you're looking at the language you'd be like wait those come from the same source <laughs> I love it all right seventh word for derivation grandpa mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um, this is very difficult because we don't even have a word for father or mother those are usually pretty basic they usually are yes they are David they're actually more basic than man and woman mm-hmm I wanted to see what you would do with grandpa without a word for father. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I okay. did that intentionally. Yeah, normally mother and father would be there even before potentially, you know, quite often before uh, man or woman. But um, no, I know what I'm doing. So this is uh, maybe it's not the kindest one, but and also maybe it's a, it's a little personal. But you know that my um, uh, my grandfather smoked a tobacco pipe for many, many years. Like, I think he was, you know, when he was in 
the Korean War, it was probably cigarettes, but when he came back, you know, he graduated to an adult uh, thing, which was a tobacco pipe, and he, and he smoked it until he was in his mid-50s, and his uh, dentist told him that if he kept doing it, he would lose all his teeth, and he quit immediately and never went back. Ne like, never, not even for a moment, not even close. Um, but one of the side effects of this is, of course, uh, receding gums. And so grandfather is going to be tooth with the augmentative, tooth 28. And that would be with heavy um, <clears throat> yep. augmentative. All right. Heavy toother. To pound. Getting into some verbs now. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to just give me <laughs> 99 there, which is to do or to make a basic proverb, I mean, if you're just going to gift me that, um, then, you know, then I'm just going to use it. It's going to become a prefix that's going to turn any noun um, into a verb. Um, and uh, mm, I'm actually almost want to shy away from that. Like we can do that, but you know what? Forget it. Just it's just gonna be the word hammer. It's just gonna be the word for hammer used as a verb. Zero derivation. Hammer. Zero derivation is always a possibility for derivation. Um, it is a, a good strategy and actually one that you kind of already used because somewhere else, um, oh, elsewhere, like you have, say, verb-verb compounds being yeah. used as nouns. And so the ability for the noun-verb line to blur is already established in this language. And so it makes sense to have um, a zero derivation. Mm -hmm. Nice. To stare. Mm. This is where I really want to resort to a compound. But uh, so we've got to see here or to look mm -hmm. at 121. So um, what we want to do is create some sort of a durative. And my first instinct is to go ahead and use uh, this uh, descriptor long 144 mm -hmm. as an adverb. The adverb would follow the verb. Okay. And so it would become a suffix. And so we'd have a kind of durative suffix, derives from long, added to C, and get stare. There we go. Perfect. All right. This is your final one to need, as in K N E A D, yeah. um, like to need bread. Mm. Uh, or to need shoulders after a long day of work where you're all tense. Yeah, this is, um, <laughs> this is iterativity. Um, and uh, we don't have pull. Um, Got push, but not pull. I wanted both. Um, mm -hmm. I was going to do something. Now you're stuck. Uh, yeah, so then I think that, I mean... There's two obvious, obvious candidates that jump out. Um, one of them is burn, the other one is chew. Uh, oh, I, think, nice. I think chew is a little bit more, uh, it's a little bit closer to home, mm -hmm. so we'd probably stick with that. Okay. And so uh, this is actually going to be, um, it's gonna be a serial verb construction. Since we're doing derivation, it would have to be some sort of a prefix, which I'm okay with. So this is a verbal uh, prefix, which is kind of cool because we already have a verbal suffix that does mm -hmm. a kind of modifying thing, but this one comes from a verb, so that's why it's initial. And it's going to be added to... <gasps> I don't know. Okay, but can we back up a second? What is this prefix that you're... Turning? To chew. No, okay, 93, so to chew. To chew, and that's going to be like a sort of iterative? Yeah, it's gonna be an iterative, uh, and I'm gonna do it to 132 to touch or to feel. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. All right, so those were your, your derivation strategies. All right. All right, so next up, we're going to talk about grammaticalization strategies, um, and so really focusing on 
what from these roots could you turn into some grammatical information? Like what would your choice be? Um, if I remember correctly, I sure hope I remember correctly. I think the way I did this was I took a root that's already on here and then mm-hmm. I at, you know, put it in different forms and then you got to tell me like what you're going to add to it to make it and where you're going to put it. We'll see. Well, I hope that's what I did. I remember thinking about it. I made this presentation too long ago now. Um, All right. Yes, I did. Cat is a basic root in our language. So my question to David is, how would you do plural cats? Okay. So we're already using reduplication for um, uh, not for grammatical purposes. Well, maybe for verbs, but for nouns, we're not going to be using reduplication for plural. So we're going to use something else for plural. Um, this language is going to have demonstratives that come first. They're going to act as, um, I mean, they're, they're going to act as determiners. Um, and so it's essentially going to be like, you know, you know, I saw him, the boy, and so on. So um, it's too bad. All of the pronouns that you list under grammatical are singular. That's how they are in Leipzig Jakarta too. Apparently plural are not necessarily always basic. Yeah, not always, but most of the time, Leipzig Jakarta. So we're gonna have to go to somewhere else to get our sense of plurality. Um, and the, so the, the ones that jump out to mind are like louse, gnat, mouse, because these things tend to come in groups. Fish also. Um, Ash is kind of a, that's the thing, you want like individuable. So that's why ash isn't necessarily very good. Berry is a uh, potential uh, there. Um, yeah, but otherwise, hair, but it's not as individuable. Um, yeah. Needle, honestly, actually, if it came from like nettle, that's also a possibility. Um, do we have any pluractional verbs? I don't think that we do. Um, oh gosh, well, you know, this is just because of the list. Um, so I apologize, it's not the most creative, but we've been offered 145 many. And I'm going to go ahead and use it. It's going to be a, a determiner, an article. It's going to come from many. It's probably going to get shortened to one syllable if it's not already already one syllable. And it's going to be a plural marker. And it's going to come before the noun. It's going to come before. It's going to be its own word. Okay. What about a dual? A dual is always going to come from the number two. Um, and so here's where things are going to be a little funky. Because this pre-nominal spot, mm-hmm. I really see as a determiner spot as to where you say, you know, this one, that this one. All right. And so, like, I feel like you could say, you know, give it to him, the boy, uh, give it to many, you know, or the, the all of them, the girls and so on. I don't see give them to the two cats. I really feel like these have to be modifiers, which is weird for the numbers to have to be like, true modifiers and everything else to be preverbal, but I'm going to do it. So it's going to come from cats too, and it's going to actually be a suffix, even though the many thing is going to be its own word. This The dual is going to be a suffix. This is going to be a very unique paradigm. And so as a suffix, would it always have to have many in front of it, or would it just be cat Mm-mm. too? Cat too. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I was following your logic. Yeah. All right. So gather is one of our verbs. Mm-hmm. And what if you want to make that past tense or perfective? I guess you could kind of like read that however you want to read that. But you want it to mean I gathered acorns. And so we're just looking at gathered. We're not doing any sort of subject verb agreement or anything right now. We're yeah. just saying where would that sense come from uh, grammatically? 
Yeah, so um, this is going to be the basic tense, and so I'm going to say one way that you could do it is absolutely nothing, so you just use the verbal root. Um, if you want to make it specific, then you can, and it would be, um, let's see what we got. Uh, I, I'm looking at tie number 131 as potential uh, because it kind of tie things up in a knot. Because um, it's, it's like gathered to a point. Near is also a potential one. Um, let's see, near is 146. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm gonna do this. Mm -hmm. So um, I, you can use just the basic uh -huh. for, uh, but to make it specific, we're gonna use um, 140 good as a suffix. Suffix. On the verb. And it's basically you gathered to goodness, to the point of goodness, and that means that you've stopped because if you've gathered to the point of goodness, then you don't need to do it anymore. Oh my God, I love it. How about I'm currently, like, I am gathering? That's where we're going to do our duplication. Okay. Gather, gather. All right. So gather, gather. And specifically, I need to make sure that I note that that is reduplication because I don't want to look at my notes later and think that you turned gather itself into. Yeah, because it's, it's ripe for it, you know. Gather is a very good source for something. And when things are ripe, they're good to be gathered. Yep. Mm-hmm. I will gather acorns. Uh, my, like, what I want to do with the way this language is shaping up is not distinguish. Okay. Uh, so just use the basic with some sort of uh, future tense item, like on the morning or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if I had to... Maybe um, make a prefix out of 111 hunt. That could be fun. Uh, because if like you're hunting something, then you haven't got it yet. Um, the implication is that you're on the path to get something, but very crucially that you haven't gotten it yet. So hunt has that idea of futurativity baked right into the lexing. I want to point out that for some sort of perfective or past, you have a suffix. We've got reduplication for like that imperfective kind of reading, and then we have this verbal prefix for any sort of future reading. This is a yeah. very interesting language. And it all makes sense based on the word order, where yeah. these things would go and where they come from. Right. And then sweeter as yeah. in the comparative. And so sweet is already on the list. We don't need to do anything with that. <laughs> I kind of want to just uh, do um, heavy, which was the augmentative. Oh. Um, you know, we've already used that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, like, if I did that, if I would regret it later on because I'd want to distinguish. Uh, and if so, like, hard is another good one. But mm -hmm. um, uh, something that's extreme, for example, bitter is extreme. That would be... <laughs> oh, that'd be kind of fun. That would be, and you know what, there's a lot of, um, not necessarily bitter, but negative, uh, negative, like, or pejorative items that are used in this way. So it's like, oh, that's awfully good. It comes from awful, which means bad, or uh, that, you often see something like that. So, um, you know what, bitter. Would it be suffix, because it's um, a modifier? Yes, it would be a suffix. And it'd be hilarious, because the way you say sweeter is bittersweet. <laughs> All right. And that would turn into the comparative. All right. And then, well, where would you get the superlative from for, like, sweetest? Um, I would just use the comparative. Oh, so no, no superlative? No superlative. Would... Just use the comparative. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you had to... Uh, do the same thing that other languages do, say, uh, 
some sort of like adpositional phrase that means over everything or above everything. Oh, okay. You know? Sure, sure. Yeah. All right. And I believe that is it. Yeah, slide 36 of 36. I didn't have as many for grammaticalization. Mm. Um, but yeah, and you know, like David chose not to make a superlative form separate from the comparative. Um, in a lot of these grammaticalization strategies, there are obviously like mm. could have chosen not to distinguish, say, singular and plural. Um, it wouldn't have been as interesting a discussion because then the dual probably wouldn't be distinguished if singular and plural are not distinguished. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, and it also, I think, reinforced the idea that sometimes the sources for these things are not as exciting as like necessarily people want them to be. Um, but yeah, if you have something meaning many, um, another potential thing for plurality could have been like three, because you yeah. know, if you knew that dual was going to be an option, you could have said, okay, three could end up being a plural marker. Um, but yeah, so like there's there were other other choices to be had there, but a lot of times for these grammaticalization ones, especially when you're thinking grammaticalization, um, it's usually things that make really basic sense, not like, oh my God, this is a super stellar. Everyone's going to drop their jaws when they hear where I got my past tense from or whatever. Um, but at the same time, very fun. Yeah. I want to throw in, uh, also hot 143. That would have been a great one for comparative as well, because oh, yeah. you know, if something is hot, you know, it's extreme, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. That is true. Um, so anyway, I hope that you had fun. Even yeah. though I, I limited your list in some really weird ways just because it was like me by myself trying to create a list that was helpful so you actually had things to choose from that would make semantic sense with what I was going to be asking you to do. But on the flip side of that, I didn't want to give you so much that I just handed you everything. And so <laughs> like, I hope you had fun um, with the game. And you have to say you did because yeah. we're recording and I'm staring at you. No, I actually have a proposal. Yeah. Or a challenge, as it were. Yeah. This was round one. We need to do round two where we flip it. Where what? You're going to come up with words? I'm going to... No, these are the words. We're going to stick with this, with this list. Okay. Only I'm going to come up with different words for you. <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> Although I feel like I'm not, oh man, I should have done mine first then. Then I would have set the bar instead of having to follow whatever bar you just set. Ugh. I know you though. You're good. Ugh. Anyway, but yeah, that is a possibility um, for next time. We'll see. <laughs> see if that happens <laughs> but thank you all for um listening and we hope you have a wonderful month of october and stay grammar bye everybody